friend, you're listening to Life Coach in Your Pocket with me, your certified life coach, Rachel Bailey. Each week, I'll bring you inspiration, motivation, and empowering learnings to help you navigate life's unexpected terrains. I believe that the more we know, the faster we grow. So each week, I'll be teaching high-level coaching concepts that you can apply to your real life. Here's to accomplishing big dreams, believing in your inner champion, and living a life filled with ease and joy. Like all navigational tools in the 21st century, I fit right in your pocket. I'm a life coach in your pocket. Happy listening. Hey, friend, welcome back to another episode of Life Coach in Your Pocket with me, your NLP Timeline Therapy Certified Life Coach, Rachel Bailey. I'm so excited that you're here, that you're spending this time growing and growing your information, your knowledge, and today you're going to learn to grow your energy level. I want to talk to you today about feeling tired because this is something that I notice when I ask people, hey, how are you? The number one response that I get from everyone, no matter who they are or what they're doing, is I'm tired. And I wanted to do a deep dive today on why that is. Why are so many people struggling with their energy level? What is tired? Why are so many people experiencing it? And then not only what is it and why is it, but of course you came here to solve problems in your life, to grow. And so today I'm going to provide you with what are some tools that you can walk away with today to feel more energized. So buckle up. It's going to be a great episode. So the first thing I want to talk to you about is the kinds of tired that you might be experiencing because there's more than just one kind of tired. Tired is one of those words that encompasses a lot of meaning, right? We could be physically tired. I'm not sleeping well. I'm not eating well. I just feel fatigued. I feel exhausted. But then there's also mentally tired. I'm mentally exhausted. I'm mentally overwhelmed. I'm mentally fatigued. I'm mentally not there. I just having a hard time putting my full brain into things that I'm trying to accomplish, right? So there's physically tired, there's mentally tired, then there's spiritually tired. My soul feels tired, right? Have you ever been there where you're like, I am fighting some kind of spiritual battle and spiritually I'm fatigued, spiritually I'm tired, spiritually I'm ready to lay my weapons down and just lay down because I'm spiritually tired. And then the last kind of tired is emotionally tired. I'm so emotionally exhausted. I'm emotionally spent, right? And we've all been there. So whatever your definition of the word emotional exhaustion is, but because there's so many different ways to feel depleted, whether that be physically depleted, mentally depleted, spiritually depleted, or emotionally depleted, there's so many different reasons. And so I'm tired is a complex problem that so many people are experiencing just because it's so layered, right? There's so many different ways to feel tired. Well, when looking at the problem of tired, 
It might be hard to figure out what the solution is if you're unclear what kind of tired you're dealing with. So if you're just waking up every day feeling tired, exhausted, overwhelmed, fatigued, needing a nap, it might be more than just needing more sleep. We might be dealing with another kind of exhaustion, whether that be emotional or spiritual or mental. But we're going to unpack what each of these kinds of tired means so you can better understand what is the best solution for you. The interesting thing, though, no matter who you are, no matter what age you are, no matter what demographic you are in, tired is one of those layered issues that can impact other areas of your life. So if you're mentally tired, it makes sense that you're also going to be physically tired. If you're spiritually exhausted, it makes sense that you're also going to be emotionally tired. So these things are connected. Your mind, your body, your soul, and your spirit are all connected. And if one is suffering, then more than likely, there's another area that is suffering too. Think of it this way. You might not even ever really be aware of, let's say, your toes. So let's just assume that you have feeling in your toes right now. I'm going to make that assumption. Although I know there are listeners that maybe you're going to apply this to a different body area. But let's say that one day, like you're, we're never really aware of our toes. Or if you want to use another body part, your fingers, you're not really aware of them. Unless, let's say, that toe is broken. Okay, or your that finger is broken. If you're experiencing a brokenness, then guess what? You're going to really realize how much you use that toe, how much you use that finger, how important it is, how valuable it is, how much you took it for granted. And not only is it going to develop pain, that pain is going to have a ripple effect. So if I start walking with a limp, because my toe hurts, well, now my walk's out of alignment, and that's going to create a multitude of other problems. Maybe I'm going to experience that pain then moving up into my knee, and then moving up into my hip, and then moving up into my shoulder, all because I'm out of alignment, all because of my toe being broken. So why am I talking to you about this metaphor? Because what's important to understand is we need to look at energy as being a holistic solution. So if I'm tired mentally, and that's creeping into my emotional health, and that's creeping into my spiritual health, and that's creeping into all areas of my emotional well-being, then the solution is going to be holistic. Here's what I see as interesting in, in conversations that I have with people, whether they be friends or family or clients, is they think that the solution to tired is get more sleep. And Getting more sleep, let me tell you, number one, <laughs> that's going to help you no matter what kind of tired you're experiencing, unless it's depression, which we'll talk about in a second. Yet sleep is a one-dimensional solution, right? It's going to take us a long way, but it's not going to take us all the way. So we need to start thinking about emotional energy and spiritual energy and mental energy and physical energy as being holistic energy. Remember a time in my life where I didn't know why I was so tired, but I will never forget this memory. It's kind of embarrassing to share. I'm like, oh, do I even want to share this story? But it's already coming out of my mouth. So here we go. 
I remember when I was in college one time, I went to visit a friend. She worked at a at a, a pharmacy store. I won't say which one, <laughs> but I went to visit her and she was kind of working and I said, hello, whatever. And then I kind of started shopping the store and I was so tired that I was like, I just need to sit down for a second. Like I just need to sit. Well, there was no chairs anywhere. So I sat on the floor and I just sat there because not because I was trying to be a hooligan or start any problems with the store. I was just that tired that I had to sit down in the middle of this store and just sit in one of the aisles. Well, the manager of the store, I think he thought I was just trying to be a problem because I was there, you know, visiting with a friend or like, maybe he saw me as just like hanging out all day. Anyway, he came over and was like, you need to get up and get out of my store immediately. And I was really embarrassed by that because I was like, dude, I'm not trying to start any problems here. I'm just that tired, but I didn't even have the words. That's how tired I was to fight back. Like I was just like, all right, this I'm being a problem for this guy. I'll just leave. And as I'm sharing this story, I'm getting emotional, not not because of him, but because I it's coming back to me, like how physically and emotionally and spiritually tired I was at that time in my life. And what I didn't realize then that I realize now was that all of these parts of my life were connected and I was struggling mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically to the point where I was depressed. And if you're that depressed, (laughs) trust me, laying down in the middle of a grocery store and taking a nap kind of sounds like a good idea. So how do you fix that problem? I want to start with talking about energy robbers, things that might be robbing your energy, whether you're a little bit aware of it, a lot aware of it, or not aware of it at all, let's bring it to a conscious understanding so you can look at what is robbing your energy. And I just wanted to make a mental checklist. So as I'm going through energy robbers, I just want you to kind of give yourself a scale. So we're going to do a scaling project together. Scale of zero to 10, how much is this a problem in your life? So let's, let's do the first one together. So sleep. Okay. I said sleep's not the only solution, although if you're not sleeping well and you're not sleeping enough, it can be a huge problem and a huge solution. So if you know yourself and you know your sweet spot, so for me, it's it really is the classic like seven to eight hours. If I get seven to eight hours of sleep, I feel great. And I don't just mean an adrenaline rush. I mean, I feel great all day because sometimes when we only sleep four or five hours, we wake up with like, Woo, let's go because our body is running on adrenaline. And then what happens when that adrenaline wears off? We get that 12 o'clock, one o'clock, two o'clock slump. And we're like, oh, I'm so exhausted. What happened? I was so energized this morning. Well, if you're only sleeping four or five hours a night, that adrenaline, when you first wake up, it's like a surge of energy to kickstart your day that can wear off if you're not getting enough sleep long term. So you kind of know yourself, like what is the best amount of sleep for me, for my body? When do I feel the best where I don't feel like groggy, like I overslept, but I don't have that kick of adrenaline and then it wears off and then I'm exhausted later. 
what's the longevity, perfect sweet spot where you're like, I feel amazing. For me, it's seven hours of sleep. If I can get seven hours of sleep uninterrupted, I'm going to have a great day and I'm probably going to have a great week because it's a ripple effect. If you're not getting that, sleep deprivation can compound and it can compound to create a massive sleep debt. And if you're dealing with sleep debt, that is not only going to impact your physical uh, overall energy, it's going to affect your mental energy as well, because you're going to, you might develop brain fog. And once you develop brain fog and you can't think and you don't feel like yourself, guess what else that might impact? Your emotional well-being, which might trickle out into your spiritual health. You're like, I'm too tired to do my meditation and prayer. I'm too tired to talk to God. I'm too tired to read. Then guess what? That's going to impact your spiritual health. So number one, how much sleep are you getting per night? Now, the opposite is also true. Remember I said, if you're depressed, I want to talk to you differently about sleep because if you're depressed, you might be experiencing the desire to sleep a long time. I'm talking all day or days on days. Okay. Now, this is also true if you're experiencing burnout. So how do you know, what is the difference between burnout or depression? Well, you kind of have to look at multiple facets of what's going on. Burnout accumulates from a long time of a lot of hard work without taking any rest. So not giving myself permission to take a day off, not giving myself permission to take a week off. Year after year, just grinding, grinding, grinding until I can't do it anymore. (laughs) This is the way I explain burnout. Burnout is like, hey, if you're over 21 and you've ever had this experience where you had a type of alcohol one night and it wasn't the best night of your life for whatever reason, you got sick from the alcohol and you never want it again. So (laughs) for me, on my 21st birthday, my cousin gave me some shots of gin and I never, ever, 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 ever have had gin since. Okay, you let your imagination run wild on that. Nothing crazy happened. I just, it made me sick and I can't drink it. Um, I'm going to say that burnout feels a lot like that. Like you're like, I cannot do said activity or said vision or said project because I just feel sick of it. I feel physically sick of it. Okay, you might be experiencing burnout. Depression, on the other hand. Now, a lot of burnout uh, going unchecked, going unresolved, going unfixed, a lot of burnout could actually lead to depression, but they are different things. Let's talk about what depression is. Depression is usually caused by unresolved negative emotions in the body that compound and compact and go unresolved for a long time that produce depression. So whereas burnout is overwork that's gone unchecked and unrested, depression is negative emotions that have gone unresolved. So what are the major negative emotions that when unchecked can turn into depression? Anger. So unresolved conflict and anger to the point of shutdown. Unresolved anger can, in some cases, lead to bouts of depression. 
sadness, right? That one seems obvious. If we have sadness or grief for long periods of time with no resolution and no healing and no release work, that can compound into a supercharged sadness, which then becomes depression in the body. Um, Fear and anxiety when unresolved can also lead to bouts of depression because fear is one of those charged hyper emotions that keeps us anxious, right? It's it's like a high vibrating, supercharged emotion. Whereas depression is almost the opposite of that. It's very slow moving vibration. Well, when we have both anxiety and depression, we're flitting in and out of high anxious vibration and very slow, exhausted, fatigued vibration. And we can toggle back and forth, which is why some people who have anxiety also have depression. So there's anger, sadness, fear. There's also hurt. So when I was first studying to become a coach, I didn't really understand the difference between sadness and hurt. Like my vocabulary was like, aren't those the same thing, sadness and hurt? Well, no, as I became certified, I realized there is a huge distinction between sadness and hurt. So sadness is more of a grief. Something happened that made me sad. Whereas hurt is much more um, offensive. Like somebody has done something to hurt me. Somebody has stabbed me in the back, uh, metaphorically speaking. And that has left me feeling a, a tear, a break in the relationship. It has hurt me so badly that it has felt made me make me question my value and my worth because I've been betrayed. So unresolved hurt or betrayal that's stored in the body can manifest manifest later as depression. The last one that can manifest later as depression is guilt slash shame. And I say that's the last one because shame can be a version of guilt. Um, they're, they're nuanced. But unresolved guilt or shame can result in depression. Really quickly, what is the difference between guilt and shame if we want to get really specific about it? Guilt is, I did something bad, right? We've we've all experienced guilt at some point in our life when we did something we shouldn't have. And we're like, ooh, that was a wrong choice. I made a bad choice. I feel guilty or convicted about that. That's guilt. Shame, on the other hand, is a supercharged version of this where I actually take it to mean that I am bad. It's not, I did something bad. It's, oh, because I did that, that means that I'm a bad person. Either one of those emotions, when gone unchecked, can result in depression. So I just wanted it to be clear, what is the difference between overwork and burnout versus depression. If you have unresolved negative emotions, sometimes yes, trauma, although it could be just significant emotional events that have happened in your life that maybe you've never talked about with somebody or that's gone unresolved, then that can sometimes manifest as depression. And if that's the case, if you're struggling with depression, I would say the best thing that you can do is to reach out to someone to start talking about those things that are unresolved in your body. So a life coach or a therapist, um, even like resources that are 
pretty readily available for most people and are pretty affordable, like BetterHelp, is a great resource if you are feeling like your sleepiness and tiredness is more than just needing a good night's sleep. If you're like wanting to sleep for days at a time or the opposite, can't sleep at all, but you're feeling really sad and sluggish and don't want to do anything, it might be time to seek out help and resolve that um, depression so you can have more energy because that's what we're here to talk about today. So let's move on because we've we've covered sleep pretty thoroughly, but I want to talk to you quickly about other energy robbers and then we'll talk about life givers. How do we get rid of the energy robbers in our life and add more life givers, energy givers into our life so we can have more energy more of the time? Well, the second thing I'm going to talk to you about, which is pretty obvious, you know, it's it's not earth shattering information. So important to talk about, though, because since you're here, you're reflecting on how well am I doing in this area of my life? Like, how aware am I of the food that I'm putting into my body? Food can have a massive effect. And I shouldn't even use the word can. It has a massive effect on your energy. High carbohydrate food, like simple carbohydrate food can spike your your sugar levels and then drop and leave you feeling so sluggish and so tired. So if you are addicted to carbs or addicted to sugar, you'll know because you'll be using the carbs or the sugar for like an energy boost. Like, oh yeah, I'm tired, but if I just eat this candy bar, then I'll, you know, I'll have a boost of energy. That's a sign that you are, that you're running your insulin levels spiked and dropped, spiked and dropped. And this spike and drop can cause fatigue. It can cause exhaustion. Your body is literally constantly detoxing the sugar. And that symptom of detox is what makes you crave it more. So just like any addiction, while we're detoxing it, that's when our body's like, give me more, give me more because it's learning. It's learned to run off of this, uh, bad toxin in the body. And it is the feeling of detox that makes us crave it again and again and again, which gets us stuck in a cycle. So just thinking about your eating habits over the last, it doesn't even have to be years or even months. It could be weeks, right? Or even a week can really affect your energy level. So kind of looking at what you've eaten in the past week, is it whole food? Is it nutrient dense food? When you think about whole food, I want you to think about food that has not been processed. So foods that are highly processed, like cereals and products that you buy at the grocery store that were made in a factory, those are high processed foods. Foods that come directly from the farm. So we're talking vegetables in their natural state, not canned vegetables, because then they're that's a process where they're added in syrup and sugars and things like that. But I'm talking about whole fruit that you can just pluck off of a tree. Um, that is food that is whole food that is nutrient dense. So fruits, vegetables, meats, if you're non-vegetarian, we're talking about the least processed meat that you can find. So grass-fed beef, for example, free-range chicken, for example. It's like 
Why are these things uh, like buzzwords? Because those are the foods that are the best for our energy levels. If we're eating, if we're constant, if we wake up in the morning, look at the American diet. If you're in America and you're eating cereal for breakfast, and then you're eating maybe a sandwich for lunch, which is bread, right? Which is simple carbohydrates that have been highly processed flour. So you've got a double whammy right there. And then the meat is highly processed, like deli meats. And then maybe you slap on some cheese and some mayonnaise and that's your lunch. You're going to have that spike and a drop. And then what are you eating for dinner? Are you eating something that you can just pop in the microwave? What is your on average diet look like? If your average diet does not include a lot of natural foods in their most natural state, my guess is that you're experiencing a lot of tiredness a lot of the time. So just take stock of, just try it for three days. I'm not even saying like, go on a diet so you can have the benefits of weight loss. I'm not talking about a diet. I'm talking about how does food make you feel? Pay attention over the next three days and just try I just want to see what it feels like to be paleo for three days. I'm going to maybe do a little bit of research about foods in their most natural state. And I'm just going to eat like that for three days and pay attention to my energy levels and see how I feel. Okay. What else can we talk about as far as energy robbers? So we've talked about sleep. We talked about sugar, toxins in our food. Um, You guys, addiction. So addiction is an energy robber. And it's one of those energy robbers that steals from everyone around. So whether you know someone that's an addict or you're struggling with addiction yourself, either way, it's a massive energy robber. So if you are someone that's struggling with addiction, the reason why it's an energy robber is because the addiction becomes something that you have to fulfill all the time. Okay, so this could be the case in the in the case of, let's say you're free from this, but alcoholism, I think, is what most people think of when they think of addiction. So it could be, you know, when is my next fix going to be my my whole life revolves around whether or not there's going to be alcohol present at this event or where there's going to be a bar or where I can get to a convenience store that requires a lot of mental energy. And it's very draining also because this addiction is impacting your other functions in life, your job, your family relationships, your friendships, it's also going to be draining. Well, it's also true if you're the person that is the friend or the family member or the boss of somebody who is struggling with addiction. This can be an energy robber because you want to help the person, you want them living their best life, and maybe you feel helpless. Less in either one of those situations, addiction is a massive energy robber. So, again, same thing if you are either struggling with addiction or are in a relationship of some kind with an addict and it is draining you of your mental and emotional and physical and spiritual energy, it's time to get help. So, one of those resources, a life coach or a therapist, or a counselor of some kind. Here's the distinction. If you are in a relationship with an addict, and you really want them to go to therapy, or you really want them to go to a life coach, or whatever it would be, to seek help, you don't have control over that. 
You really don't. The only thing you have control over is yourself. Yet you can seek out help and you can figure out how to create better boundaries with this person, how to create the relationship that you want. And you can talk to a therapist about whether this relationship is worth saving or not, depending on how expensive is this relationship versus how expensive is it to let go of this relationship. So you can figure out all of that with a life coach or with a therapist. That would be my recommendation. Another, When I wrote my list of energy robbers, though, addiction does not just have to look like drugs and alcohol. So it can look like pornography. It can look like behavior addictions, like scrolling social media, for example, or playing video games on the phone. If you're struggling with a behavior addiction, like scrolling, these can be more insidious because we don't necessarily recognize them as addiction um, right away. Because most people's definition of the word addiction means something that is super highly destructive, right? Like drugs. But you have to think about how much time is this activity stealing from me? And at the same time, how much energy is it stealing from me? So if I notice that I'm spending 30, 40, 50, 60 minutes on an app, a social app, and then, well, I guess I'm not going to be doing the dishes or the laundry or my workout or something else more productive This is an energy robber. So what you can do if you have a behavior addiction that's maybe doesn't require a therapist or a life coach, but you're realizing that you have a behavior addiction to scrolling is you need to find a different activity to replace that one. So figure out like what thought or emotion is triggering me to open this app. What thought or emotion is triggering me to go seek out this behavior addiction? Pornography, for example. There's always a trigger. It's usually a negative thought or a negative emotion. People who are super self-aware can figure out the thought and the emotion that fuse together to create a behavior, said behavior of activity addiction. I'm not expecting you to be that self-aware. However, you can feel in your body if you're a feeler, ooh, my energy is off. And then you can start asking yourself questions. What was I thinking right before this? What was I feeling right before this? Why do I have this desire? What's coming up for me? What happened in the past 30 minutes or maybe over the past day or two that's causing this? If you're a high thinker and you're like, I don't feel things in my body, I have no idea what you're talking about. That's okay. It just means you might be a high thinker. So you can pay more attention to what are the thoughts that are triggering me to take an action step that's not to my benefit. So if I notice I'm starting to, let me give you a concrete example. Maybe I notice that I'm starting to think about work. And then the next thing I know, I'm in that gosh darn app that I don't want to be in. Okay, well, there's a connection there. So ask yourself, what was the thought specifically about work? And what was the emotion that came up? So if the thought was, I'll give you an example. Oh my gosh, I have 5,000 emails to respond to. Well, now I feel stressed. Oh, I'm going to open this app because it's going to help me feel better. I'm not going to feel stressed out anymore. Okay, 
Once you're aware of that, you can make a better choice. What else would cause you to not feel stressed out anymore? Getting some of that work done. The answer is obvious, but our behaviors are often unconscious. So what I'm doing is saying, if this is what's going on unconscious, let's bring it to your awareness so you can make a different choice. Anxiousness, you guys, or stress, it's just my body's way, my unconscious's mind way of asking to take action. So if I'm stressed out about, let's say I have a presentation coming up at work and that's stressing me out, the stress is my unconscious mind's way of saying, I don't feel prepared. Can we work on this? But instead, usually what happens is we're like, I feel stressed and I don't want to think about how stressed I am. So I'm going to have a glass of wine or open up this app or do this other activity that's going to distract me from feeling stressed. When in reality, the stress doesn't need to be avoided. It just sometimes takes either action or you can have a conversation with your emotion. I know you're going to think I'm crazy (laughs) if you've never heard of my podcast before or never listened to my YouTube channel before, this might be new information. You can ask your emotions questions. So you can ask your stress. Hey, stress, I noticed that you're there. What are you asking me to do right now? And you just listen. You'll get an answer because your mind is like, oh my gosh, you're listening to me. Thank you. Thank you. I would love for you to work on that presentation. Now, Let's say this is not a good time because you're in the car, you're driving, or you're doing something else already. Instead of avoiding or being all stressed because you can't do it right now, just talk to your unconscious mind and say, oh, I hear you saying that you want to work on the presentation. Guess what? I have a plan. I'm going to work on my presentation tonight at 5 p.m. Your stress will literally go away. That negative emotion that you're experiencing, when you talk to it and you create a plan, the negative emotion will go away. I'm going to tell my why people why that is. Your unconscious mind is the part of your brain that is emotional, feels your emotions for you, and has the unconscious thought. Your conscious mind is the part of your brain that you often is often very much louder. So it's the part of your brain that's like, where are my keys? What time is it? Oh, what was that appointment at? I need to check my schedule. That's your conscious mind. Your unconscious mind and your conscious mind uh, need to communicate sometimes. But your conscious mind is so busy. Where's my keys? What time is it? What did I make that appointment for Tuesday or Thursday? That your unconscious mind is like, hello, hello. Can you listen? Can you give me a second? Give me a second of your time. And the the unconscious mind is sending up signals. I don't feel right. Something's off. So what it will do is as soon as your conscious mind acknowledges unconscious mind and says, oh, I'm feeling stressed. Is that you unconscious mind? What are you trying to tell me? Oh, you want to work on the presentation because you're feeling stressed out about it. Guess what? We're going to, our plan is we're going to work on the presentation tonight at five. Then your unconscious mind goes, oh, thank you for listening. I feel so heard and I feel so relieved. Don't have to worry about that anymore. And I'll be done sending up the negative emotion signals. So just start talking to your negative emotions. And guess what? You will have more energy if you do this. I promise you. That is your action step to start experiencing 
higher vibration emotions more often and to feel low vibration, negative emotions less often. Okay, let's talk about conflict. Conflict is an energy robber. So if you have high conflict in your life. Now, when I say conflict in your life, that is a vague term for a very specific reason. A lot of people can experience conflict in many different ways. So conflict could be actually fighting with your spouse or fighting with your kids or fighting with your coworkers or fighting with your boss. That could be conflict. There's another kind of conflict. It's inner conflict. I kind of want to do this. I kind of don't. I kind of want to do this. I kind of don't. I really want to start a business. I don't want to start a business. I really want to start a family. I don't want to start a family. I want to get married. I don't want to get married. I want to date this person. I don't want to date that person. That is inner conflict. And the amount of energy expended on trying to make a decision is astronomical. So both kinds of conflicts are energy robbing. If you're having a lot of massive conflict with other people, so it's not inner conflict. You're like, I don't relate to not being able to make a decision. That doesn't apply to me. Where is, where is their outer conflict? Now, what you get to decide for yourself is, is the conflict worth resolving? Sometimes the answer is going to be yes, and sometimes the answer is going to be no. An example of when it might be a no is if you're in a conflict with someone who you barely have a relationship with, a coworker, for example, you have to make some decisions, or I should say you get to make some decisions about how important is this to me? on a scale of one to 10, like, is this worth fighting about or not? And if it's not worth fighting about, then give it up. You don't have to have it be your way if peace is more important to you or whatever. But if you're like, oh no, I'm going to fight for this on a scale of zero to 10, this is a 10. Like I'm going to go toe to toe with this person because this is super important to me. Then you're going to go in and you're going to do conflict resolution, which I am going to produce another episode in the next, I would say, week and a half on conflict resolution and how to how to communicate without it getting heated is going to be a different topic. And also what to do if you're in a conflict and you're like, oh, crap, I, this conflict's coming out of nowhere. What do I do? I'll talk to you about that also. So that'll be in the next couple of episodes. I want to stick to, though, if you are in conflict and you're aware of it, is this conflict important or is the relationship more important? And what can you do about that? So you can choose to have a conversation. You can choose to let it go. And every single situation is going to be different. I have a couple of friendships right now where there was conflict. One of them I decided to tackle head on because I thought, this relationship is worth the fight. Like I'm ready to fight, whatever that means. It's worth it to me. So I went to this friend. And now when I say ready to fight, I don't mean I'm going in angry and heated and like let's brawl. However, I have a something that needs resolving and I'm okay if it turns into a fight because to me, the relationship is worth fighting for. So I came to this friend and I said, I would like to talk about X, Y, Z. When you get a free moment, can we please talk? And had the conversation with the friend and said, you know, uh, 
something happened last year that really hurt my feelings. And I'm trying to be a little bit vague because I don't necessarily have this person's permission to share the full story. But basically, I said, here were some things that were said to me um, last year. And I kind of responded with, it's no big deal. But as time has gone on, I've realized that it is a big deal. And I realized that I did have hurt feelings about it. And I just, I'm not saying this to you to end the friendship. I'm saying this to you to heal the friendship and to to get the resentment that's been hiding under the rug out. Like, get it out. Be open and be honest because I want resolution. Because I want community and connection with you. And so my friend listened to me, acknowledged, validated, was like, I definitely see where you're coming from. Uh, I want you to know that was never my intention to hurt you. I see your perspective, though. I really do want you to see that I see. And I want you to hear that I hear. And I'm sorry. And I'm like, thank you for listening to me. And I'm, you know, I'm I'm almost apologetic that I had to bring it up, but I had to bring it up for the sake of the friendship. And then we both move forward. And now we're going to stay friends because I needed to clear the air. And I did. Example of friendship being worth it. I have another situation with another friend where I'm really confused about some of the behaviors and some of the things that were said to me and some of the hurts and some of the betrayals that are going on and did the, asked myself the question, is this relationship worth the fight? Yes or no. And I got to know it's not worth the fight to me. So because the relationship's not worth the fight, It's not a relationship worth keeping. So that is a clue for you to know if you're in a lot of conflict. Conflict is oftentimes an expression of saving a relationship. And if you're not willing to do the conflict thing, maybe the relationship isn't worth it. So just some things to think about. Okay, other energy robbers. I'm checking my notes here. (laughs) Negativity. Negativity. So negativity on the news. I'm talking about like global negative news, um, talking about negative um, accounts that you follow that on Instagram or Twitter or social media, wherever that share the ugliness of the world. Here's what I have to say about the ugliness of the world. If you're if you're like, because I used to be this person, I need to be informed because if you're not informed, then you're ignorant. Uh, clear the screen. I'm free from that and you're free from that. You don't need to know all of the ugliness that's going on in the world. And the reason why I say that is because you're not in a position to fix all of the problems of the world. You might be in the position to fix or not even fix, but be a part of the solution for one issue in the world, for one thing. So maybe your thing is, You really want to pour your heart and your soul and your money and your time into human trafficking or something like that's the issue that's going to get your time. It's going to get your attention because you're going to go into the trenches and fight that battle because that battle is worth it to you. Okay. That said, do you then also need to fight all the other battles that are worth it to you? I don't know, but here's what I'm saying. You're one person, your time, your money, your resources, and your energy is limited. So you get to make some decisions about what 
negativity you're allowing into your bubble, into your energy bubble. So I had to stop following some accounts on social media. I followed a lot of news media, left wing, right wing. It doesn't matter. I followed both sides and it was exhausting. And I'm like, I don't need to know all of the ugliness of all of both sides. I don't actually want to be a part of it anymore because I'm not really on the front lines fighting any of these issues. So why do we feel the need to know about all the things that are bringing me down and stressing me out every time I open up this social media app, which is supposed to be for me fun and connecting and meeting new potential clients and new potential friends and connecting with the friendships I already have. So I made a decision, unfollow. So if there are If there's news getting into your brain that is negative and pulling you down, again, what is the cost of this? Do a quick like cost analysis of if it's worth it to you. And if the answer is no, unfollow that negative news. Okay, other energy robbers, darkness. Okay, this is related to negative news. That's why I'm talking to you about it right after negative news. Darkness. What do I mean by darkness? Physical darkness. So if you live somewhere where it's super dark all the time, or even winter, the physical darkness, the reality is that can have a toll on your mental health and your energy level because we need sunlight. So there's the physical darkness. There's also mental darkness. So we already talked about depression, but also think about the filters that you're allowing to get into your brain whether that be music that's really sad and depressing or even angry music that can have an an impact on your mental and emotional well-being, that's darkness. Are we talking about, when we're talking about mental darkness, are there things that have happened to you that you've never talked about, that you've never shared with anybody, and you're replaying them every day in your brain, or maybe not every day, but Every once in a while, they pop up and they really weigh you down. Maybe it's time to talk to somebody about that. Get that mental darkness out of your brain and pay attention to the garbage that you're feeding upon mentally. So whether that be news media or even TV shows that you watch that are draining, that's darkness and darkness can have an impact directly on your energy level. Also, Darkness can be emotional. So if if I'm depressed, we talked about depression. If I'm feeling sad, if I'm feeling hurt, if I'm feeling betrayed, what do I do with all of these emotions that are contributing to darkness in my life? So if you're somebody that has a, a high emotional quotient and you're aware of the negative emotions, it's time to talk to somebody. So better help or a life coach or a therapist that can support you with talking about the bad things that have happened. Believe it or not, talking about the bad things that have happened will give your life more energy. Because if you can imagine that that your body is like a jar and every time a significant emotional event happens in your life, we're pouring more water into the jar. We're pouring more water into the jar. We're pouring more water into the jar. Well, that jar is eventually going to be full. It's going to be full of water and there's not going to be any more room for anything else. So talking about the things that have happened in the past that have added to our jar, 
can dump the jar out and we can empty the jar. And once the jar is empty and we've talked about all of the darkness, we've talked about all of the significant emotional events. We've talked about the things that have happened that have made us feel weak or small or undeserving or unworthy or shame or guilt or betrayal. When we talk about those things, we open up our vessel, our body, our jar to be filled with good things, with happy thoughts, with new relationships, with a clear foundation and understanding of who I really am, which is worthy and loved. Yet we can't pour worthy and love into a jar that's full of bad things. So that's why talking about the bad things is so important. Even though we might feel like, well, why would I want to relive that? That was 30 years ago. Well, if you're reliving it every day in your mind, you're reliving it every day in your mind. So why don't you talk about it for two hours and then you can let it go and move on. But if you can't let it go and move on, the reason is because it needs healing and it needs resolution. And that's what you're going to do in therapy or with your life coach. Okay. Darkness. Also, boredom. Boredom is another energy robber. So boredom creeps in when we don't have a vision for our life, when we don't have a goal for our life, when we feel like there's nothing going on. So there's different layers of boredom, right? So we can be bored in our career. We can be bored in our relationship. We can be bored basically with our fitness. We can be bored because we have no goals, no drive, no vision, no nothing to look forward to. Boredom is a massive energy robber. So what you deserve, if you're bored in any area of life, it's time to put in a new flavor. It's time to put in new seasoning. It's time to put in new vision into your life. So the best question to ask, so I will do vision strategy sessions with clients to help them, number one, understand what it is that they really want. Where do they want to go in three years, in five years, in 10 years? Like if they were living their best life, what is that picture of their best life? And then where are they now? And what is the gap? How large is the gap between where they're going? What is their vision? And where they are now. And once they have that awareness of, oh, this is the gap. It's going to take me five years to get there. Or what? It's only a few tweaks away. Sometimes vision is all that's required to get me out of my funk. To get me out of my slump. To figure out what's next for me. To get me out of boredom. And if we have a vision, a vision can pull us forward. It can energize us. So the questions I ask. I won't give you all the questions because then we'll sit here for another 90 minutes. But let me give you a couple questions to get the ball rolling for you if you're feeling bored. You can ask yourself first and foremost, what lights me up inside? What could I spend hours doing, literally hours, and the time is so compacted, it goes like that, it goes in a flash, I lose track of time because I'm so engrossed and I'm so in flow with what I'm doing. What is that thing that lights you up? Can you add more of that into your life? So that's one question that I ask. 
Another question that I ask is, if you could do anything with your life, if you had $10 million or $100 million in your bank account right now, and you could quit your job and start your passion project, what is it? What would you want to be doing? And what will you feel when you're living your passion project? So those are some of the questions that I ask to get the ball rolling. The other one I ask, I love this question is, if I were a genie in a bottle and you got to ask me for anything that you wanted, what would you ask me for? What would you ask me for? Now, if people say money, then I'll say, okay, I gave you the money. Boom, you got the $100 million in your bank account. Now, how are you spending your time? So sometimes the money block or issue is just, I'm not clear on what I would be spending my time doing if I had all the money, if I had all the resources, but if that wasn't a block, what would I be doing? What lights me up? And that can get you out of boredom. Another thing you can do if you're bored is create things that create excitement in your life. So what do you like to do that creates excitement in your life and then schedule those out? So maybe for you, it's like, I love live music. I want to go to more concerts. Okay, easy solution. Let's schedule some of those out, get them on your calendar and create space for that. Or for some people, it's, I would love to go to Europe. I've never been and I want to go. All right. By when are you going to go? So creating some vision around things that you really want to do, but for whatever reason, have never gotten around to or haven't gotten around to lately. Now, we've talked about energy robbers as far as being physical and mental and emotional and spiritual. When you think about energy robbers for yourself, you listening right now, which one of those areas has you feeling tired? Are you physically tired because you're not sleeping and you're not eating well and you're struggling with maybe getting yourself up out of bed and getting yourself up into activity? Or is it more of a mental exhaustion? I'm playing negative thoughts over and over in my mind and I'm just overloaded with exhaustive thoughts all day long. Is it mental exhaustion or overwhelm would be another way of saying that. Is it emotional exhaustion? I'm just so sad. I'm so depressed. I'm so angry. I'm so bitter. I'm so betrayed. I'm so hurt. I have so much guilt. I have shame. I have, what's another one I haven't said yet? Resentment. Is it emotional exhaustion? Or is it spiritual exhaustion? I feel I'm in a spiritual battle and I feel like I'm about to lose this spiritual battle. Like I have prayed all the prayers and there's been no answer. I have read all the passages and I'm in a dry season. I'm in a dry desert. I'm not hearing from God. I don't know where he is, but I am experiencing some spiritual tiredness. So those are your options. I want you to kind of gauge where you're at right now with feeling tired. Which one of those are you feeling or are you feeling all of them? Something helpful that you can do is give it a scale on a scale of zero to 10 with 10 being the most exhausted possible. Where are you with your mental exhaustion? Zero to 10. Where are you with your physical exhaustion? Zero to 10. 
Where are you with your mental exhaustion? Zero to 10. And where are you with your spiritual exhaustion? Zero to 10. So now you have awareness around what is making you tired. Let's get to solutions. Okay. What are life givers, energy givers that are going to help you start feeling better? So we already talked about some of these solutions. We talked about sleep. Okay. Are you getting the right amount of sleep for you? We talked about nutrient dense food. What is the food that you're eating? Just paying attention. I think sometimes, I think a lot of times people's issue with food is so connected to their self body image, that the idea of eating healthy becomes like a resistance game because it's all tied up into how I look and, you know, how I feel about my weight or my pant size or whatever it is. But what I'm saying is detach from all of that just for a couple of days and just eat well for the sake of eating well. That's it. Don't set a weight loss goal. Don't set a new pant size goal. Unless you already have one and you're working towards it and you're doing great. I'm talking to people who really resist eating well because it's all connected to your weight. You know who you are from talking to you right now. Disconnect from that for just a few days. Do not go on a diet and just start paying attention to what you're eating and how you feel. And start paying attention to what if I eat this? How do I feel? What if I eat that? How do I feel? And here's the thing about eating. Each gut is unique. So you might think Brussels sprouts are healthy because they're a vegetable, but then you eat it and you feel like absolute crap afterward, then that's not a healthy food for you. So start paying attention. Like I know for myself, there are a lot of foods that I cannot eat anymore. I cannot eat oatmeal. I cannot eat oats. For some people, maybe that's a good choice. For me, it is absolutely not a good choice. It, I just feel so bloated if I eat oats. I cannot do it. So does that fall in the health food category or does it fall into the garbage food category? For me, it's garbage food because it makes me feel like garbage. I don't care if we're talking about a fruit, a vegetable, a lean meat, a grain. If it doesn't feel good after you eat it, start paying attention to that. And then that becomes food you don't eat because you're like, I want to feel good. The whole point of food is to give me energy. That's the purpose of food. And if your food is robbing you of energy, let's look at what it is, not for the sake of weight loss, but for the sake of your energy levels. Okay, I said enough about that. Energy giver, exercise, movement. So again, people's resistance, a lot of times I find when I'm sitting down and coaching people, the resistance to exercise is typically because it's so connected to an image. It's so connected to the way I look. It's so connected to my pant size and the number on the scale and the goal that the exercise itself becomes like a chore to get to that thing instead of just being exercise. Does that make sense? So instead of just going outside and going on a walk because I'm going to feel good, Suddenly I'm resisting it because there's all this pressure on the exercise to get me a certain result. And if I don't get the result, then I'm going to be upset. 
So I'm not going to do the exercise because I don't want to be upset. Okay, clear the screen. If I'm talking to you right now, please hear me say this. Let's just exercise for the sake of exercise. Don't attach it to any goal. Unless you're sitting down with a therapist or a life coach and they tell you otherwise, like, hey, let's set some goals and you're doing really good. Then that's a different person. And that's why coaching exists, because there is no one right answer. It depends on the past history of the person and what they're dealing with mentally and emotionally and physically and spiritually. So you have to look at, can I set a goal or is that going to be detrimental to the activity? If it's going to be detrimental to the activity, just do the activity to help you feel good. How do you want to feel at the end of that walk or at the end of going to the gym? And don't necessarily connect it to a goal unless you're super goal-oriented and that's a positive thing for you. Okay, this one is so simple. Water. How much water are you drinking every day? I cannot tell you the amount of times that I will say to my husband, I'm tired. Or he will say to me, I'm tired. And then we'll say to one another, how much water have you had today? Oh, that's exactly what my problem is right now. Because there's no other explanation. Water is life. We cannot live without water. So if I'm experiencing fatigue and I'm experiencing tired and I feel exhausted, am I drinking enough water? That should be question number two after, am I getting enough sleep? Am I getting enough sleep? Yeah. Did I eat well today? Yeah. What about my water? Ooh, I need to be drinking more water, especially if You live in a first world country where there's so many choices. I could have coffee. I could have soda. I could have a specialty tea. I could have a million different things, right? But at the end of the day, only water can truly satisfy your thirst and give you the energy that you desire and crave. So that's all I say about that. It's just bringing it back to your awareness. How are your water levels every day? Okay, ooh, this one is good. Uh, One of the energy robbers that I didn't mention was bad company or no company. So both are not ideal. If I have no company at all, I might be alone, feeling really lonely and sad because I don't have community, right? Um, When I was in college, I remember feeling... Like, I just need to meet the one. I just need to meet the one. If I meet the one, then I won't be lonely anymore. And I won't be alone. And like, uh, my life will be whole and complete. Okay, that is such a misconception. I wish I could go back in time and talk to my younger self and say, you don't need to meet the one. You need good quality friends. You need a good community. You need to be able to develop other relationships besides just an intimate partnership. How how are you doing as far as opening up to friends and sharing life with them and and living life together? How are you doing with that, Rachel? Because I'll tell you right now, I was doing horribly with it. I didn't know how to have healthy relationships. I was terrified to have healthy relationships because I was scared that I was going to be rejected. I was scared that somebody was going to look at me and be like, whoa, you're all kinds of problems. And whether that was an intimate partnership or a friendship or whatever, I was scared of it. 
I was scared of rejection. So I thought, well, the solution is get into an intimate relationship with all my issues around being scared of rejection. That'll work. Um, But at the end of the day, if I could go back and talk to myself, I'd say, what about friendship? What about community groups? Why are you so resistant to go to that Bible study? Because I didn't want to be seen. I didn't want to be found out as not being perfect. So if I'm speaking to you right now, yes, no one is perfect. No one is perfect. And also the good friends won't judge you. Your good friends will not be like, oh, you don't make your bed every day. What's wrong with you? <laughs> like you wouldn't be friends with that person. You just be like, okay, well, we clearly have a difference in, in values and that's fine, but maybe we don't jam well. And it doesn't mean anything about me personally. It's just this friendship didn't work out. Where are my people? Where can I be myself and feel like I can truly be authentically me and be accepted and loved for who I am? Where are those relationships? Now, the opposite is also true. If you've got those friendships that are toxic, my definition of toxic is just emotionally expensive. So you have a friendship that is not worth, (laughs) my husband used this expression the other day, the juice is not worth the squeeze. And I was like, oh, I don't know that I've heard that before, but yes, that is the perfect, perfect expression. It's not worth the squeeze. Like this relationship requires so much of me and I'm depleted and I'm drained and I'm not getting anything out of it. Well, you know what? Might be time to find a new friend. Don't worry about that friend that's emotionally expensive because they'll find somebody else. Like that's what happens with emotionally expensive people is once they stop getting it from you, they will find someone else like that, unfortunately users will find someone else. So if you don't want to be used, maybe that's not your word for it, but if you don't want to be paying the bill for this very expensive, emotionally expensive relationship, sneak out the back door. You can have an upfront confrontation and say, these are the things that are not working for me in this friendship and see if that goes over well and see if the person's willing to adjust. If they're not willing to adjust and they're like, well, that's the that's the cost, that's the price to be my friend. And you're like, well, I'm not willing to pay that anymore. Then that is your clue that the relationship is over and it's time to move on. Emotionally expensive friends, um, it's how do you feel afterward? It's a lot like food. How do I feel after spending time with this person, right? How do I feel after eating that massive burrito? <laughs> do I feel good, satiated? Or do I feel lethargic and tired and my gut's all upset now? Well, if you leave a friendship, if you, I mean, like you you leave hanging out with somebody and you feel drained and you feel tired and you feel burnout and you feel like you were just a shoulder for them to cry on for three hours and you never got to share anything that was going on in your life and this is like a pattern, then is that relationship worth saving? Um really honestly asking you that. So think about these things because you're the only one in the driver's seat of your own life. You're driving your energy bus. And if you want more energy and it's limited as is, your relationships with others are a huge part of that. Relationships can be energy giving or they can be energy taking. 
and you want to have relationships that are energy giving. Okay, positive thoughts and positive news. So we talked about negative news and how you might need to unfollow. You might need to stop watching the news for the sake of your mental and emotional health. Well, how can you add more positive news to your life? How can you add more positive thoughts to your life? This is why every guru you've ever listened to has said, start a gratitude journal. Why? What's the why behind that? The why behind starting a gratitude journal is that positive thoughts create more positive thoughts. If I wake every uh, wake up every day with gratitude and thankfulness, guess what? I'm going to feel better. Now, there is a whole layer of, of people who say if you start your day with gratitude, you'll manifest better things into your life. And I could absolutely argue for that because you're vibrating higher. When you're vibrating higher, you no longer tolerate low vibration. So once you start vibrating higher, if there's some relationships that are emotionally expensive, you'll start to vibrate so high that you'll be like, I don't want to hang out with that low vibrating person anymore. And then you'll have more time and more energy and more resources to put into other vision and goals and quote unquote manifest things into your life. So yeah, absolutely. You can make that argument. So positive thoughts, positive news, focus on gratitude and thankfulness. Okay. I want to talk to you about light. We've talked about darkness, spiritual darkness. We've talked about mental darkness, emotional darkness, and physical darkness. If you are in darkness, it is time to step into the light, step into the light, physical darkness and spiritual darkness, especially are draining or draining. So how do we step into the light? The number one thing that is going to help you to step into the light is to find a relationship with God. I don't even care if you're listening to this and you tell me I don't believe in God. I'm going to say, I don't believe you. I don't. I don't believe you. I think that there's some anger. I think that there's some resentment. I think there's some bitterness around whether or not there's a higher power but I don't think that you actually don't believe in God. I think that really, if we were to sit down and have a heart to heart conversation about it, it's actually that you feel like God doesn't believe in you. And here's what I want you to hear. That's spiritual darkness. That is a lie. That is not the truth. The truth will set you free. And the truth is there is a God. He loves you. He has a plan for you. And he wants a relationship with you but he's also super respectful and he's not going to come, you know, marching down your door and banging the door in and forcing you into a relationship. That's not the God of the universe. The God of the universe is patient and gentle and loving and desires community with you, but is not going to force it if you don't want it. So, The best thing that you can do if you feel disconnected from God is just to start a conversation. God, are you there? God, if you're there, give me a sign. God, if you're real and I'm in spiritual darkness, get me out of it, please. I want the God of the universe to pull me out of this darkness. Now, God will answer you. That is a guarantee. 
That is my guarantee to you that if you start communicating with God, you will get an answer. God's already sitting there waiting for you to start a conversation with him anyway. So whatever you're angry about, it's not going to be a surprise to him. Whatever you're bitter about, whatever resentment that you have built up, whatever is not gone your way in life that you're upset about, you can absolutely verbally communicate all of that because God already knows. He wouldn't be God if he didn't. So he already knows all of that. Remember I said, is the relationship worth clearing the air? I think so. This is God that we're talking about, right? So if you want to clear the air, start clearing the air. If you want that relation, if that relationship is worth it to you to be in light, start a conversation. Are you there, God? What have you been trying to teach me? Show me that you're on my side here. Show me that you're the actual God of the universe. Speak to me. Give me a sign, something. God will speak to you. Absolutely. So when we move into spiritual light, we're seeking for truth. And when you seek for truth, you will find truth. It's the law of the universe. Seeking for truth is seeking for light. So if you want more spiritual light in your life, all you have to do is ask. Now, let's talk about physical light. Physical light, vitamin D, the sunlight, getting enough outside time every day is massively beneficial to your energy level. So if you're taking a look around your life and you're like, I spend all day every day indoors. Um, I commute when it's dark outside both ways and I never see daylight. You're going to want to figure out a way to get more sunlight into your life to add to your energy. So you can do this on your lunch hour, whatever it is for you. Figure out a way where you can get into physical light so that you can have more energy. Now, mental light. What is mental light? Mental light is when you, it's what you're doing right now. Mental light is when you want to feed the hunger that you have for knowledge and the hunger that you have for education. Mental light is feeding on the positive thoughts, the gratitude journal. All of that is mental light. Are you doing personal development? I'm assuming that you already have that box covered because you're listening to this. You're taking time out of your life to learn something. How often are you making time for learning things? That's your mental light. All right. Um, I feel like, I don't know if this is true or not, but I feel like I've been talking at you for an hour. Maybe it, maybe that's not the case. <laughs> but I want you to know that if you are struggling with tiredness, you don't have to stay there. You do not have to stay there. When I think back about the times in my life where I've been so exhausted and I felt like there was no no end in sight to the exhaustion, I had to get real about how I was contributing to that exhaustion. One of the things I had to get super clear about was the fact that I'm in control of my schedule. So I remember days when I would teach all day as a teacher and then Around 3.30 when school got out and all of my lesson plans were prepped for the next day, I would leave and I would go to the athletic ice arena and I would coach lessons until after, sometimes after 7.30 at night. And then I would go home, eat dinner, have a fight with my husband about how I'm never home, 
and money and all that stuff and then get up and do the same thing the next day. And then I would coach on the weekends and I would, I remember feeling so tired that I would feel it in my bones. I would be getting out of my car to go coach for three or four hours and I'd be feeling the tiredness in every step was impacting how tired I felt in my bones. And if you have ever felt like that, I want you to hear this. There is hope. There is hope. There is hope. Here's how you can start to take control back over your life. I know I gave a ton of just information today, but just start with the small things. How is my bedtime routine? What is my sleep like? Am I eating healthy foods? And then let's have a discussion about your schedule. What are you trying to do all on your own that honestly, if you talk to a therapist or a life coach or you got help, it would be a lot easier and you'd have a lot more energy. So taking a look at, hey, how empowered am I really in this situation? And if I can't do it on my own, how can I partner with somebody else that can help me? make the changes in my life that I deserve to make so that I have more energy all the time. I have the mental energy to focus and to think happy thoughts. I have physical energy to get up and go whenever I want. I have spiritual energy because I'm connected to a God that loves me and fills my soul and my spirit with light and love every day. Okay? Where is your energy level emotionally? What if you could wake up and feel happy and joyful more of the time? You absolutely can. You can feel more energetic right now, actually. I want you to just close your eyes with me for just a second. This is the last thing. Unless you're driving, don't close your eyes. Everybody else, just close your eyes. I want you to visualize the future you. The you a year from now, and you've been eating healthier, you've been sleeping better, you have scaled back your schedule, you have let go of those friendships that were draining and fighting all the time, you have resolved the conflict with the relationships that were worthy of your time and energy and attention, you are more connected to God than you've ever been before, you're more connected to your family members than you've ever been before. You are thriving. You're eating well. You're exercising. You're getting daylight. You're thinking positive thoughts. You're saying no to things that no longer serve you. And you're saying yes to the things that do serve you. And you're feeling so excited about life. You can create that reality. That is your future. What do you deserve to do to create that reality for yourself? How are you going to get to that future? What inspired action steps are you going to take to make that future your reality? I want you to come back to now and I want you to remember a time in your life where you had mental energy physical energy, emotional energy, and spiritual energy. Can you remember any time in your life, even if it was a millisecond on top of the world, you just ran a marathon or you just did something awesome. And you're like, I am lit up from the inside out. 
I feel awesome. I want you to go back to that time right now, float down into your body, see what you saw, hear what you heard, and really feel the feelings of feeling so excited and energized and empowered. And now come back to now. You can absolutely take that energy into the future. What do you deserve to take hold of to get you there? Because remember, life is a journey. You're the one in the driver's seat. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today. I hope that you have found this episode helpful. And if you have, please leave me a review and share this episode with a friend. I will see you on the next episode. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Life Coach In Your Pocket. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, or if you're looking to get involved in one of my coaching programs, you can reach me directly at coachrachelbailey.com. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.